Hello, Northern Michigan. Welcome into episode 140 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Atnip in the studio with my two sporty friends, James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal, on a glorious day. This is our first podcast back since getting the news, gentlemen. It's pretty chilly outside. I wouldn't call it glorious outside. It's a hey, fall weather and fall football. Yep. Mm-hmm. So That's what we're it's talking a glorious about today. day. It is a glorious day. Friday or Thursday last week, that mentions a obviously released the news. I know everybody knows about it at this point. I don't know if there's a, if, if you don't know about it now you know I guess, but this shouldn't be the first place that you're hearing about it. Sports uh, allowed, but not advised. They said that you can play organized sports. They got to be organized. Um, it can't just be you know two football teams showing up at a facility. They, it got to has it's got to have like some overarching thing. They can play. Which pretty much let the MHSAA go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to have a fall football season 30 minutes after it got announced. Yeah, six weeks, everybody makes it in. Seventh week is the playoffs. Everybody gets a playoff game. They go from there. The one thing that, you know, the, the one thing that I still got was the only part is the fall championship might not be at Ford Field. I doubt it will be. Yeah, because if we or can't have Spe- dome, maybe even yeah, e- either one having to rent those things out without having any doors or tickets all year. Yeah, it's going to be a little tough. Only being able to allow five hundred people at most. Maybe. It's going to be tough. Yeah, you can't raise enough money to to rent an NFL stadium. <laughs> yeah, so that that probably, dream- not to, probably not enough to turn the lights on. Yeah, that dream might be a little far fetched this year for some seniors, but nonetheless, they will get a chance to compete, which is amazing. Six games, seven games, whatever it may be. I'm sure, I know we talked to Brett Peterson from Kingsley today. He's our interview today on this episode 140. He was extremely excited. So the Stags are extremely excited to get back on the field. They start practice today. They He, he joined us early in the afternoon before he went to that first practice after the reinstatement of football. I mean, you heard the excitement in his voice. Oh, yeah. Every football player has got to be feeling that right now. I mean, the roller coaster that they've gone through, had, you know, not thinking you were going to have football during the summer and then showing up to practice and practicing for a week and getting optimistic and then having it taken away and then, what, two, three weeks later? Not even. Oh, yeah, season's here back. It, here it is again. Yeah, but make sure you stick around for that interview with Brett. It was a great interview. We got a lot of good insights on what it's been like for these football players on this emotional roller coaster, so make sure that you stick around for that. Also coming up in this episode, we're going to dive into the Pulse, talk about all of the happenings from last week with soccer, uh, volleyball, got a new coach to talk about, and obviously there's a little bit more football to talk about here later in the Chatter That Matters section. We're going to do that after our interview with Brett, and then we're going to get into our Hall of Fame and another version of our trifecta. So before we get into this, let's remind everybody, our podcast is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. While we're on the topic of food... Let's get back into the sporty season and get some people fed. People got to be hungry when they're running around all these sporting games. So we found somebody who interacted with us on Facebook last week. So Shayna Conger shared us on Facebook last week with our episode with Alex Scott, who ended up finishing second in the Michigan Open. Mm-hmm. We talked to him Monday. It didn't look so good by Wednesday. And then the Traverse City West alumni made his way all the way back to second place to win $11,000. Got himself a nice check. Yeah. At his, at his old home course, we talked about that all last week. Make sure you go back and listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Alex played a great round of golf. He shot like seven under on Wednesday and then like five under on Thursday to put himself into that second-place position by himself. It was pretty cool to watch. I know uh, I know you were out there for a little bit, but I don't think you got to see him on Thursday. No, because I was out there for a little bit, and then the news broke about, about football. Yep. Which, and I was like, you know, I'm going to go do, do some reporting on football. Which we know. Like you said, Andrew, that came so quickly. We know the MHSAA was prepared. We had Cody Inglis on his podcast twice. He laid out these plans for us, and you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. We gotta get into that in the chatter that matters. Yeah. That's gonna be after our interview. We're gonna talk a little bit more about football. So stick around for that. While we're here, let's go ahead, put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world, and get into the pulse, guys. There was a lot of stuff that happened last week. Now all sports for fall are underway in Northern Michigan. Now they're underway across the entire state. So starting today, volleyball, swimming, soccer. I mean, golf was already happening, and so was cross country. But they they can actually organize stuff and do them downstate now. This opens up mm-hmm. everything, everything. We're still worried about travel, but we've seen Saginaw come up. We saw Saginaw Heritage come up and play Traverse City West this weekend. Traverse City West won that game. That's quite a drive. Uh, we've already seen Traverse City St. Francis and Traverse City Central Tennis head downstate for some tennis tournaments. 
Hmm. It's all worked out so good so far. We've got a lot of teams who are hot to start the season. Where should we start at? Soccer, volleyball, tennis. What do we? What, where do you guys want to start? I'd say let's let's go soccer. Soccer. We got the it's the Central West game coming up next Tuesday. Week from today. Yep. West had that big tournament over the weekend. I mean, they they brought in Holland Christian, Saginaw Heritage, and and Elk Rapids, which is one of the other better teams from around here. So they have had a nice start to the season. I mean, a loss and a tie, but two really really good teams. So and we know that Matt Grissinger doesn't mind those kind of losses early in the season because it prepares your team better for the for the long run and we saw how that paid off last year hey yeah. don't don't uh, step down on Saginaw Heritage I know they haven't scored a goal yet this season the two teams they've played so far are Central and West because of COVID stuff but I did talk to their coach after the game he has experience in the Premier League development system and uh, Matt Grissinger thought they were really organized so I, I think any time any kind of soccer any kind of game that you're going to get in before in, in, in within these last two weeks really gave the teams up north a leg up and you can especially say that for west yeah i mean west they've had tied. a really competitive schedule I mean, yeah no i mean yeah. we talked Portage to central oxford my mason that's we talked to we talked to colin blackport on here two weeks ago and he told us that's exactly what the plan was and you kind of made the joke hey you're gonna start better than one four and one and they've done a lot better they're five one and one and they have, like you said, they beat or they tied Holland Christian this weekend, and they beat Elk Rapids, and then they beat Saginaw Heritage. And if they had started one four and one, I still don't think they would be all that worried. No, because because they teams. know that that was that early season schedule was a you know a murderer's row. And they're just about to get into Big North Conference play, as you said, with Traverse City Central next Tuesday. Uh, we can talk about Traverse City Central for a second. I mean, they've been on a tear as well. They were um, going in, you know, with a clean slate. I think they were five and zero, and they went and played a red-hot Traverse City Christian team that we talked about on this podcast last week. You know, outscored their opponents 32-0 to zero in the three games before that, and they ended up playing on Friday and basically went to a stalemate, one-to-one. Had Everest Noy score a goal, Henny Reinick score a goal, so, you know, their leading scorers put something on the board, but, you know, Mart Fiegel wasn't super happy with his team's player. You know, he expects to he expects to beat TC Christian, being, you know, such a bigger school. But we, we talked about Coach, you know, Roy J. Montney getting Traverse City Christian to where they are and competing with Traverse City Central is no joke. So we're going to really have to see if Traverse City Central is on that level with Traverse City West next week. You know, we've seen Traverse City Central take up the Boyne City, Gaylord, Manistee, all those guys. But Traverse City West is going to be their biggest test yet. You know, I don't oh, want to yeah. talk about the Big North Conference as of right now, but there are two teams undefeated right now, and those are Petoskey and Central. And obviously, West is the one that has played the more tougher teams with downstate teams. But I guess you can finally make the say that for Central, is is this is this the year? It's going to take a lot, but we'll see. I, they be. have they have a lot of upperclassmen talent. They do. They got some young talent yeah. too. Spike Peterson. I mean, Everest Noise. We're going to talk a bit. Noise, of, we're going to talk yeah. to. Well, we'll talk a bit about him later. I'll bring it up now, just because he's. I mean, I'm going to put him up, but. I mean, he put in five goals against Leland last week. Traverse City Central's Everest Noise. Five goals against Leland, mm-hmm. who is no slouch, never has been. No. Five goals. And, and Central, I mean, Central beat Saginaw Heritage worse than West did. Yeah. Five nothing. Five zero. To three nothing. I mean, West was when West played Saginaw Heritage it was their third game in two days. Yeah. But in tw- eighteen hours, probably. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean. That's impressive on its own. Yeah. We're, I mean, there's we, we, we still can talk about, you know, Petoskey has beaten the likes of Glen Lake. You brought up Petoskey. Glen Lake's a pretty good team. Henry Plum said we've talked about it a couple times. I mean, I think he had, like, another five goals last week. But they fell to Petoskey twice now. Uh, each time, I believe, the score was 7-3 to three, uh, when they fell to Petoskey. But Glen Lake, Glen Lake still has a good upward trajectory here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Leland I might be a little bit worried about after seeing what Traverse City Central did. I feel like they've been able to compete with those games a little bit better the last couple of years. And I'm kind of worried about their, their forwards and their goal scorers, you know, comparatively, especially to what they've had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% sure, and I haven't seen a roster yet, but I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure that their only forward attacker who has been returning is Jesus Calderon Belcazar. Uh, everybody else over the last couple of years has kind of cycled out and had to cycle back in. Yeah. I mean, they've started off the season 0-2, um, but they've also been playing the big boys. I mean, yeah. their their two games are against TC Central and Cadillac. Yeah. So they're not shying away from anybody. Of course. So not. that's another good thing. Just like what West is doing, you 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 play the top competition you can at the beginning of the season. Then you go into your 
conference season, you work on stuff and go flush into the uh, into the playoffs, and it it worked well for TC West last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've seen this with, and not even just the, you know, we can kind of transition into another sport when we talk about this, but like Leland volleyball, we were talking about Leland right there. Lori Glass has said it for years since I got here. She's like, yeah, I'm literally gonna like toss my team into like a lava pit. In the first like five, you know, five or six tournaments or five or six matches that we do, so we know exactly where we're weak, you know, so we know exactly where we need to improve, so we can see the best mm-hmm. teams tear us apart early, and then we can shore up those mistakes and you know what I'm saying move forward from there. Now, I mean, if we go into volleyball, I know you wrote about it last week. We had Macy Pound on a couple weeks ago. Cadillacs still going to be, I think, our premier team up here this year. They've already racked up, you know, 15 wins or something like that. In just two weeks, I've only lost two matches. I believe this this entire season so far. Yeah, and they yeah they their season so far this year has been um, has been pretty remarkable. I mean, they've they've played a lot of games, and almost and almost exclusively at home. They had one game that they played on the road against Petoskey because it was a league game, um, but everything else they've played at home. Um, you know, they play at TC Central next week. And that's what I was next, next Wednesday. So that's that can be another another test for them. But uh, I mean, they are just they're just killing people right now. I mean, and and not shying away from bringing bigger schools from downstate up here to play either. Hey, I, I mean, wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad having my home gym either. Speaking of home gyms, you brought up TC Central last week. Was Traverse City Central Traverse City West volleyball for the first time this year? West swept three to zero. I mean, you were there. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, the first game was pretty close. Um, I mean, they were going point for point for point. Um, and then West just got a couple at the end, pulled that first game out. I think it was like 25-22 or 25-21, something like that. Um, and then they, they just took all the momentum from there after after getting that first match or first set. The second and third sets were, uh, you know, Central had some runs here and there. Um, but largely it was just West, you could tell, in the second and third. Um, and it, it, was a, it was an impressive win. Um, they got a lot, of, a lot of contributions from all over. Um, they went, sent a lot of their offense through Becky Lane, but, but they went all over. And they have one of the best liberos that I've seen in a while. And uh, she was just getting, to, getting the balls to dig up all over the place. There was two or three... Um, long sets where, and, and and both sides where, their liberos got two shots that nobody ever expected them to get to, and the other team had already started celebrating. Oh, really? A point, or it already had started kind of walking back to celebrate in the middle of the thing. I love watching good defensive volleyball. Yeah, it, it, so it was so it was pretty impressive. Now, we, we, you talk about Cadillac going to see Traverse City Central. Um, with Traverse City West doing that to Central, do you think that – I mean, wh- I mean West, I feel like, had a bit of a down year last year in the Big North Conference for volleyball. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Does, yeah. uh, you you got really, to see West. How, how, much, how much better did they look from last year? West was really young last year, and it, and it kind of showed. Um, and, it, and it didn't show against Central this time. And Central this time around is a very young team, and it kind of showed at, at times. Um, you know, I mean, they've only got two seniors on the entire roster yeah. at Central. Um, West's entire team is juniors and seniors this year, whereas last year it was all sophomores and juniors. They didn't have a whole lot um, on the senior side last season. So, uh, so most of those girls for West played extensively last year, and and you could tell the difference. I know you brought up Becky Lane as probably their their premier outside hitter for Traverse City West. Um, mm-hmm. I know she's been making a difference. What what was the libero's name? Do you remember? I just want to know for me. I can cut this out. I just want to know for me. Yeah. Uh, Cause I put it up against Mio Osorio. Yeah, Osorio is nice too. Um, I think it's Natalie Bordeaux. Okay. The Carson Bordeaux's young sister. Okay. I think. Um, All right. Well, I mean. I'm trying to think if there's any other. I mean, TC Christian's been pretty good at volleyball so far. Uh, St. Francis. I mean, Emma Marabelli's been been great for them still in her final year. 
Uh, then we have, you know, Kaylin Poole for Traverse City, St. Francis. We brought her up a couple of times. She's been the star for them. Even though I feel like St. Francis might have been, might have uh, has underwhelmed a little bit in the volleyball department at the beginning of the season. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, for, to me, from what I've seen out of the prep roundups, I thought they were going to be a little bit, you know, I, I guess they did lose a couple of good girls. But, uh, you know, they still have Hannah Sidorowitz. They still have Kaylin Poole. You know, they have a setter. They have some, some weapons at the net. And uh, they'll, they'll, I think they'll figure it out. Now, one thing I want to talk about, because another news that hit Thursday, was for Traverse City Central, hiring a news boys basketball yep. coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Travis Shuba went off and became the girls basketball coach at Davenport, correct? Yep. Uh, he, he takes off after a few years here, and they bring in an Albion assistant coach, Stephen Draper. Uh, pretty young guy. I think he said he's only 30, but uh, he's... He's, he's already got a bunch of coaching experience in basketball. He's been at been a couple colleges. Yeah, been at Merriweather College in Ohio, uh, been at Albion. He also started coaching about, I think it was what he said, 11 years ago, right when he got out of school, uh, underneath Matt Essel in Holt, who I had the pleasure of working with when I worked at the Lansing State Journal, was a very good coach. Holt was a very good program and probably still is a very good program um, after he has left. But, yeah, so he has plenty of good coaching experience and, I, apparently, you know, his, his teaching skill as well played a big role into why he was chosen as the coach. When I talked to Zach Stevenson, he said that, you know, the academic board or, you know, the school board was almost more blown away with his interview than they were uh, for the athletic side of things, you know. But he said that they he checked all the boxes across the board. And one of the interesting things that he brought up, and I think, I mean, you got to be smart about it. You know, you have uh, – you have That's Josh – the libero. That's the libero, yeah. Uh, you have Josh Burnham and Carson Briggs on this basketball team this year. That's two dudes over six foot three and over 200 pounds. First thing he said to me is, like, I actually haven't seen them in person, but we have a center at Albion who averages 32 points and 18 rebounds, and I kind of want to have a double-headed monster like that at Traverse City Central. So I'm just, I was just thinking, you know, after Peyton Smith leaving last year, um, you know, their point guard's gone. They have a couple big guys. He said he thinks it's a misnomer that people think you can't run basketball through the post anymore. Uh, I'm ex- I'm extremely excited to see what you know Coach Draper brings to Traverse City Central. I feel like it's going to be a little bit different than we've seen out of them the last couple of years uh, with Henry Goldcool and uh, Peyton Smith and you know even Tobin Schwanicki. I feel like there's a lot of perimeter play, a lot of up and down. You know he said he likes to get in a transition, but. Um, I guess we'll I guess we'll have to see. Have you guys? Yeah, Jake. He's also a civics and economics teacher at the high school level. Um, I know in the in some of our big North basketball schools, the coaches aren't always teachers. That's always cool. Yeah, so I was saying the education board said he was. They were almost even more impressed with his interview yeah. on that side of things um, than the athletic board was on this side of things. But either way, um, I know they're excited to have a new guy on. He says he's going to be here in just the next week or two and is trying to get into those four days four man workouts right away. Mm-hmm. And, and TC Central. Uh, has the tendency that they really like the uh, the coaches in the major sports to be teachers at the school or be working at the school mm-hmm. um, and have that interaction every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Stevenson said they wanted to make a point of that, and they also that's another thing is bringing in a coach who you know was still he was in his third year at Albion. He wasn't planning on going anywhere, but he couldn't uh, he couldn't pass up this opportunity. You know, Traverse City Central is a pretty big school and a big conference, so. I know it's a good uh, it's a good opportunity for anybody trying to move their stuff. I mean, look what happened with Coach Shuba. So it's going to be a new look basketball. We haven't we haven't talked about any winter sports at all, but that had to come up. You know, we haven't even talked about even the possibility of winter sports really. But yeah, that that's exciting news that we have uh, a new face to look for here in Traverse City. Speaking of new faces and new places, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Brett Peterson, who transferred from Glen Lake to Kingsley this year. Uh, joining that football team and had some cool insight for us about the up and down roller coaster of the you know football season being taken away and just what has been like making a transition between rival teams. So let's go ahead and give a listen to that now. The Get Around Podcast is excited to welcome in Brett Peterson newest Kingsley Stag and former Glen Lake Laker. Thank you so much for joining us today, Brett. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, I know it's football season is getting kicked right back up. This is going to be really exciting. Today's going to be the first practice. Let's just talk about that. You're looking at a game in two weeks. It's actually scheduled. How excited are you to get back on the field? Uh, yeah, no, we're all really excited to just get back out on the field. What we're preparing for all summer, we just get the chance to finally show everyone what we got. I know there's been uh, a bit of an up and down roller coaster for football players this fall. Uh, can you just describe what the emotions have been like in the last couple of weeks, especially with, you know, I think it was August 20th, you found out that it's, nothing's going to happen, and then, you know, two and a half weeks later, we're back on. What's the emotional roller coaster kind of been like for you? Yeah, you know, everyone, uh, especially around us, we're all pretty disappointed about the season, but we all looked at the bright side and said, all right, this is going to give us time to get bigger, faster, stronger. But then when we heard the season was back on, we were all, we all knew we were prepared for it, and we said, all right, this is our time to show everyone what we got. And we're just excited to get back out there. How much did you guys actually practice between when they said the season was canceled and, like, say, today? How many times of those 16 days did you guys actually get in? I think we had about, like, three or four practices. And then we were practicing, and we found out that day that we had our season that was going to restart. So oh, you, were, got you were at practice on Friday? Yeah. Or Thursday? Yep. Yeah, so what was that like? How did the team react? Yeah, we were all really excited. It was just in the beginning of stretching when we just uh, found out. So we were all just – it was a great practice, great energy, and we just get getting back to it, you know. Well, what's it like growing up um, in the Peterson household where you've got your, your two other older brothers? They led Glen Lake to some pretty darn good success over the years and uh, both playing at Grand Valley. Um, what's it like growing up with those guys as your older brothers? Yeah, uh, was, first of all, it was great, you know, always having other people just to get around and do stuff with, having that competition every day, just, oh, I always want to be better than him, I want to be better than him. Just having that competition every day just makes you strive to be great, you know, and it also gives you something to be proud of, having someone in your family, having two people in your family that you can just say, dang, like, they're pretty special. Were you able to go as more than just a fan to the uh, time when Glen Lake went to the football finals the last two years. Well, last year, obviously, you, we were the player. But when, you're, when your brother was the quarterback, um, were you able to go uh, as more than just sitting in the stands? Yeah, I was, uh, I was a T-boy, actually. Okay. What, uh, what responsibilities did you have to have there? Basically, I just ran out and got the tee after every kickoff, and I held some water. Now, I know you talk about, I know you talk about looking, looking up to your brothers. How much – have they taught you or how much do you take from them and their careers and put into your own, you know, work ethic and or, you know, trajectory? So they tell me just be great, you know, do your own thing. Like my brother Drew always told me, he's like, don't try and be someone else. Just be your version of you, you know, because your version of you can be so much better than everyone else that you're trying to be. They just taught me how to be a great teammate, have great work ethic and just put in the time in the off season to be great. Now you make you make that move from Glen Lake where your brothers made that, you know, made that legacy for themselves and you're going to be over at Kingsley and kind of have you're you're a junior now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you still have a couple years at Kingsley to kind of, you know, make your own mark there. What are your plans or how how have you taken that transition? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's been great. The whole community's been very welcoming. But like I said, it's not even just about me, it's about the whole program, just everyone getting used to everything new, just the whole the whole COVID thing, whatever it is, and everyone just getting back into the flow, and we're all just trying to do the best we can and achieve greatness. What's it like kind of swapping rivals? I know that's it's not it's not very common, but what's it like going to the other school that, you know, especially last year when you were on Glen Lake, uh, you know, that was the one team that really kind of uh, put you down? I mean, you know, it's it's different, you know. It's saying, okay, these were the guys that really thumped us last year. And I want to see how they, how they achieved it, you know, like just how, how we're really going to get prepared for it and how, how different it is just to be on a very successful program. Yeah. I'm, I mean, how, I, I know it's probably a little bit hard cause you haven't really done a whole game or anything like that, but have you been able to kind of like tell the difference in coaching styles between coach Angers and coach uh, war and you know, just how is, how is that kind of differ? Cause they were both, you know, pretty long time coaches here in the area. Both of them are great coaches. I love Coach Work. He's been very welcoming. He's been helpful, uh, helpful to everyone, not even just me. Just he's getting the team prepared how we need to be prepared. And 
especially him, he knows what success is. He's got that state title, um, and he knows how to get everyone ready to be to be that good, you know? What has been the uh, the mantra or the, you know, the mood around Kingsley football this year? I know Coach Ward really harped on a couple things last year. I remember those. What have they talked about? What have you guys talked about this year? You know, finishing to the end, obviously last year when they had their Lansing Catholic loss, it was obviously great season that they had, but they knew that, you know, they're a great team and they can always be better just like everyone can. And they just said, we just got to finish and just be tougher than everyone else. Now, who are you, uh, you know, you making the switch. You got to compete against a lot of these guys last year. Who are you most excited to play alongside now here when you get to King, or now that you're at Kingsley? Everyone, really. You know, a couple of guys stand out. Uh, Owen Graves, he's he's been one of the most welcoming guys out there. Um, Joe Lewis, Brady Heron, all the seniors, Dylan Knight, Brandon Weber, all the seniors have been really great. And along with the juniors, like Fisher Spellman, Trevor Lewis, Gage Hessum, Connor Schuler, all those guys, everyone on the team has been great, and I just look forward to playing with them all. What What are your guys' kind of ex- expectations for this year at Kingsley? I mean, uh, you know, they had that that nice run last year, and I think I think the, the the public who maybe doesn't pay attention a whole lot to them may see that they lost Aiden Mullen and Payson Caballero and Tyler Inthezone and think that they're due for a downturn, but they have pretty much everybody else back but those three. What What is your guys' expectations from the inside? Um, you know, we're just going to take it one week at a time. Obviously, strives to be great. Everyone has their final goal, but we're just trying to keep it in program and have that inner inner fire, if you know what I mean, just to, just to keep beating everyone and do what we can to be great. Now, one question that a lot of coaches have been tackling with and athletic directors is the mental health of athletes and not being able to have sports. Uh, I just, you know, it's it's been tough asking kids, but what what has you know what has having not having sports been like for you, and now having it back has it you know changed anything? Yeah, so like after school when we wouldn't have practice, the guys would always say, "All right, let's go and run sand hills, let's go and run around the neighborhoods." We were always going as a team and just getting better. Instead of having practice, we were doing conditioning. So as for us, like. We were still getting work in, but just now having that routine to where we can go to practice every day and then have games Friday nights, it's just going to be a lot better of a situation, and we're all going to have a little more sanity. What do you what do you think of the possibility? I mean, how how cool would it be to play in a state title game two years in a row with two different teams? Yeah, that'd be amazing. It'd be a dream come true. But like I said, we're just going to take it one week at a time and show everyone what we got. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, looking back on last year's run with Glen Lake, um, you had that game against Montague. Um, how big of a moment was was it for you in that game and that big pivotal moment when they decided to throw the ball to you at the game on the line? Uh, yeah, you know, I just I knew I could make the play. Everyone else thought I could make the play, and I just trusted my brothers. They trusted me, and we just made it happen. You know, um, there was never doubt that in my mind that we were going to come back and that we were. You're capable of doing that. What What was it like for you um, to be able to to play a game at Ford Field after having been, you know, the water boy before? Uh, yeah, it was really special because I remember walking down the tunnel when I was the water boy and just thinking, dang, like, I want to be here one day. And then having that opportunity last year to say, okay, yeah, I, I was part of this. Like, I made this happen, part of that. And when I was walking out of that tunnel, I was just thinking to myself, like, dang, this really came true. I know, you know, there's a lot of athletes who say, like, you know, surrounding yourself with greatness can make you great. It seems like, you know, being able to, when you're young, going to that type of stuff, having your brothers, you know, watching and looking up to them, would you agree with that? Being able to kind of surround yourself with that as you were growing up might might really drive you to get to that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the more people you can have around you that are successful in what you want to do, the better off you're going to be, you know, like when I had my two brothers playing football at very high collegiate level, and then I can just watch them and say, okay, how do they get to that level and how can I be better? Now, what has been the uh, toughest part about the transfer? I know, you know, it's not, it's not very often right after your sophomore year, you make the switch two and two. What's been the hardest part? I've seen a lot of movies about high school kids transferring and stuff like that. So I always just wonder. Really, 
the hardest thing was having the up and down roller coaster. Like, are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? I feel like any other year it would be a little more easy. I wouldn't say easy, but little normal. You know, mm-hmm. this has been a really odd time. But as for terms of football and everything, it's all it's all going smooth, and we're all learning and getting better every day. Now, how do you feel about being told that you need to mask up during practice? You have to be wearing a mask all the time uh, as of right now. Does it make a difference, or is it just like, hey, we need to wear these masks so we can play? Yeah, you know, we're just we're going to do everything we can to play. It might be in a little bit of an inconvenience, but if we can play and we have to have a mask on over a mouse guard, then we're going to do that, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. There's. I know. There's some guys who actually have the the mask for winter time when it gets cold. I know it gets pretty cold down there, and it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a shortened season. How uh, how much more hyper focused are you guys with it only being six or seven games before you're in playoff football? We're going all out every day, every minute. We're just trying to make the best of every moment that we got, because who knows what can happen. But as of now, we're just focused on getting better every day. But right now, we're just. We're focusing on week one, and we're preparing for it. What, what do you think about the MHSAA putting all the football teams into the playoffs this year? Do you think that was the only way that they really could have done it? Yeah, you know, I'm not really part of those conversations, but I've heard the director, Mark Ewell, is really good, and everyone loves him. So as long as they want us to play and they're doing what they think is the best to do, then I'm all in. How much were you looking forward to September 3rd um, when you originally thought the football season was going to be? going because that was the day you were supposed to play Glen Lake. Uh, that was going to be an interesting week. Obviously, as a new team, I was super excited just as we would be playing any team. Um, but it would be nice just to get back there and play with everyone with the new team and just see how everything goes, you know. I have respect for everyone on that team still, and I wish them the best of luck, but it's a new journey for me. So, Yeah, I mean, are you kind of excited to compete against them now and kind of see the other side of the coin? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be weird, but it's going to be good. Do you, th- do you think you might have a couple of, like, inside tricks, you know, with, like, a drop step or a couple head fakes or something that you might have a, a thing because you practice with them so much? Oh, uh, yeah, I got a few tricks up my sleeve to try out. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> Kings... Know the playbook a little bit? Maybe the stag's got a secret weapon. <laughs> yeah, but it was... Are, were you, like, the water boy and you went and you stole the other coach's uh, blue playbook and brought it on over? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Coach Wurz got some sly, sly tactics. Well, your dad came with you, so I mean, he was the he was calling the plays. So, yeah, you know, I guess it, I, technically well, he would have the whole playbook. Yeah. Wow. You don't even just bring the playbook; you bring the coach. That's just as smart. <laughs> just mm-hmm. as smart. Uh, I mean, is, that that's got to be still cool getting coached by your dad. Uh, how how do you like doing that? Uh, yeah, that was one of the main reasons I really wanted to be coached by my dad ever since I was a young kid. Because I saw my brothers as they grew up. My dad was their coach, and. I just thought this was the best opportunity for my family and having my dad be one of the coaches for me was just, it was really special and close to my heart. And I just wanted that to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of happened with that situation with Glen Lake? I mean, uh, I know your mom is a teacher already in Kingsley, so that made it nice and convenient, but what kind of happened there? It's just a nice, better, easy situation for me over here. We just thought it'd be better for the family and especially, yeah, with my mom as a teacher, it's just an easy move and a good transition for a, uh, a good program and everything along with it. How have you kind of ha- – have you kind of had to try to help your new teammates understand your dad's coaching style and how he kind of works? Yeah, a little bit. But my dad's been also doing a great job of being a good coach and adapting to the new players just as they, much as they have to adapt to him as a new coach. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and I also heard that at Kingsley, you're going to be the kicker as well, correct? Yep. And how much uh, how much have you worked on that over the years? Last year was my first year. I started like halfway through the year. And I guess we were just kind of warming up before practice one day, and I was kicking, and Coach Wurst saw me, and he's like, you know, I want you to start getting some reps. So I guess that's how it started, you know, and it's going good so far. So where else does uh, Coach have you lining up right now? Tight end and defensive end. Okay. Okay. So you'd be playing pretty much the whole game. Special teams, offense, yep. defense. And uh, I'm on punt return. No, kick return. My bad. Okay. Uh, I'm the long snapper. Uh, all sorts of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, your dad's a special teams coach, so I guess that makes sense that you're the kicker and long snapper, right? No. Uh, 
I wouldn't say that. I was just, I was just gonna make a joke. Whatever. You like the flash? Do you long snap the ball back to the thing, and then you run around in a circle and kick it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that's not yeah. how it works. I'm not saying you got it because of your dad. I'm just saying, you know, that he it he obviously knows those knows those things. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. And and my Drew was the long snapper too, and Cade and Andrew were the kickers. So I guess you could also say I learned that from them too. Now uh, with uh you know with your brother's going to Grand Valley. How much have you looked into college, and what are, what are your plans for uh, moving forward? Do you want to play college sports or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. I want to play some college football. Right now, with just a little varsity film, it's not really enough. Um, but especially after this season, we're going to gauge, see where we're at, and get more of that varsity film. Um, right now, I'm really looking into going into an academy like West Point. We've okay. sent my film to West Point, and they uh, – they seem pretty interested, but as of now, we just need to get more film and see what my options are. That sounds like a plan. All righty. Well, Brett, we really appreciate you taking some time here before football practice starts. I know it's got to be an exciting week to get back to it, and I know uh, we're excited to see you guys back on the field. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Another huge thank you to Brett for joining us here at the Get Around. I know we, what, now that makes all three Peterson brothers that have been on this podcast? Mm-hmm. We've had Cade, we've had Drew, and now we've had Brett. Yep. The whole family's been on the podcast before. Whole fam family. You know, that, that, that family has been, you know, athletically gifted and has been, you know, the talk of the town for quite some time. Excited to see what he's able to do and make his own legacy over there at Kingsley. So thanks once again, Brett, for joining us. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. You know what that means, fellas. Let's get into this chatter that matters. And we just talked to Brett about football, and we kind of prefaced it a little bit here at the beginning of the show. We're back, baby. And there's some changes. There's going to be some new-look things. Uh, we, we preface a little bit, but I want to make sure that we go through this all. We didn't have an emergency podcast or anything last week, so I kind of just want to make sure that we run through this. Uh, you know, as Andrew mentioned earlier, Governor Whitman put out the executive order that basically said, make your decision. If you want to play sports, you can, but we're not condoning it. They let it happen, and like we said, the MHSAA was ready. The MHSAA is giving a six-game full or six-game regular season. Every team makes the playoffs, so it doesn't matter if – COVID cancels a game or if teams can't make the trip or wh- whatever the case may be, you're getting that game seven to try and play out to Ford Field. Like I said earlier, Ford Field might not be a thing, but we can all hope and dream. You would think that Ford Field would be a better option than some schools up north just because you can, ha- you can pack more people in there and have them spread out among the bowl more. That's my logic with it, but... It just still costs too much but money. But it still to costs a yeah. lot of money. It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be a matter of if the if the orders by then have been relaxed as far as how many people you can have in an event. Yeah, maybe they uh, can uh, actually maybe, open the upper bowl. Maybe by then, yeah, maybe by then you can get two thousand, five thousand, maybe. Then maybe. you can sell enough tickets that the MHSA can maybe make it work at but least I break t- even. I can tell you this much: if the Lions aren't selling tickets to their games and are doing cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. I seriously doubt that Ford Field's going to allow a bunch of uh, people in for the MHSAA finals. Yeah, yeah. So something's got to change between now and then for yeah. the finals to be at Ford Field. But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be finals. Nope, they'll be somewhere. They'll be on a turf. turf. Yeah, they'll somewhere. be on a turf somewhere that somebody's taking care of. Stuff. I'm sure they'll be more towards Lansing or a little bit towards the southern part of the state. Maybe there'll be. There's a chance, but I just <laughs> I find that so hard. It could it could just be like the semifinals where they assign the. I mean, Thoroughby does they, have new they turf. They assign the locations kind of at the last minute based on who's playing in there. Thoroughby's got new turf. Thoroughby's got new turf. 10,000 seats. Can, can fit a decent amount of people in there. You can spread them out. Yeah. You, you can spread out quite a few people in there. Man, I'm excited to see a football game. I really didn't think it was going to happen. I wrote my column this past weekend. I know if you, if you dive into our print editions of the Record Eagle, you're going to see all the updates from the last couple of weeks. But I wrote a column. I was proud to eat crow. I think I've talked about it on this podcast. I was just happy that I was wrong, that football wasn't going to happen. And now, if you ask me, it doesn't seem that there's a way for it not to happen. Uh, we know after talking to Mark Ewell and Karen Lennar uh, last week for the MHSA story, you know, they basically told me what, the, what, what all these other sports have been able to do and the protocols that they've been able to put in place. 
quarantining players or teams or just how how to go about it or the contract tracing and just how well it's worked with these other athletic teams. Yeah, there's in the NFL they got like these little buttons you're putting on your jersey. Well, I'm not worried about the NFL. I'm just saying like in Michigan, this is what they were waiting for. They weren't looking at the NFL. Uh-huh. They were looking at Michigan with cross country and tennis and everything else. When somebody got an outbreak, mm-hmm. they've been tracking this stuff and they felt comfortable enough that these schools, these member schools have done enough with the protocols to even if people do get infected, that it's not going to shut everything down. And regardless of the situation, from what it seems like, you know, we've seen Northville not come up for a cross-country meet. We know that they already have the stipulations in place for football, that if somebody has to cancel a game because of COVID, it's not going to hurt them or whatever. Teams are just going to drop out, come back. I there's The only thing, like, unless we're talking about like a spike of 50,000 cases in children aged 15 to 18, you know, in the next two weeks when football starts, there's no way I see it going away. What does a football game look like under these new rules, Jake? What do you what do you th- what do you see? I don't see anything much. It's, it's not going to be much different. I mean, socially distance on the sidelines. Yeah, did you see Mostly, the Navy BYU game last night? Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, like they, they yeah the they up, they outlined that in the MHSAA guidelines when they dropped them on August what was it August fourteenth when they put. People are supposed to have their bags and their water bottles six feet away from each other. You know, you're supposed to stand on the sidelines six feet away from each other. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. They're going to extend the boxes. The biggest, and this is the same thing and even the NFL, the biggest thing with football, I think, is not going to be having fans or enough fans to make any sort of noise or any type of difference because that's such a big part of the game, especially, like, if you're talking, like, Central West or something like that. Like, it is usually so... So much of a different atmosphere in there like than third it just... down where you can't hear the play call. Yeah. Or... yeah. Well, and one of the interesting things from the from the Pittsburghers championship game on Saturday that was interesting was the coach of the Kalamazoo team said that the their players had to adjust to having crowd noise oh. because there was two hundred because there was five hundred people allowed in Pittsburghers Park. Mm-hmm. They only could allow a hundred in theirs. Okay. So it was just family and friends, and that was it. Is all they've been playing in front of all summer. And so now they actually had 500 fans, and he said it was it was a little bit of an adjustment for those players. I, I mean, with everything that's happening, we've talked about masks are supposed to be worn or recommended to be worn by the governor if they want to do sports. We, we if you just heard the interview with Brett, I'm not really sure that these players really care that much. They just want to put this mask on and go. Like I, we saw the whole they'll, demonstration. They'll do what they have to do. That's what I'm saying. We saw the whole demonstration at the the Capitol a couple weeks ago that we talked about, and it's like. Even now, they're still gonna do it because then they get to play football, right? Can you yeah. put a mask on over a hel- like under a helmet? Yeah, I mean, there's people who wear you know the the weather guard ski masks playing football all the time up here. We're in northern Michigan; they have ones that cover their up, up above their mouth up to their nose all the time under football masks. Yeah, you could wear a gator underneath there pretty easy. Yeah, you know, I mean. Would players prefer not to have to do that? I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm 100% sure. But if that's what they have to do to play, then I'm pretty sure that 99.9% of them, that's what they're going to do. And that's the one thing. That would be neat. Like, if they just, like, if the whether it be the MHSAA, Riddell, or some, like, athletic manufacturer in Michigan made, like, special face guards for cold weather and just gave them to every football team. Yeah. Yeah, or Or something they could just clip onto the bars of the mask. Like a, a piece of cloth that make it uniform the, the for every or something. Make it uniform for every team to have. That way, you're not you're gonna have coaches like confused over an executive order saying like, "Are we supposed to be wearing masks during games?" You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and I think the Gators are probably a better idea because you were talking about at the soccer game that you were at, where Weston Saginaw Heritage had to wear masks after the order came out. It fell down just, after three minutes. Falling off all over the place, and so that's just gonna be. That's just going to be a big problem. You get, they're going to fall off all the time in football unless they're wearing, like, gaiters or something. Or, like, something like something that goes like over that. your yeah, head. Yeah, something like the full, the full head, like, over your eyes are open. Yeah. yeah, the full visor, you know, something like that. I mean, and, like, I think you said, masks are not going to work. define it, and kids will do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, either way, I don't think they're going to have an issue. The issue, once again, and I'm, I'm calling everybody out, it's the parents. I've been to five sporting events. Just because you're sitting in your chair at these sporting events anymore doesn't mean you can take your mask off. You need to be sitting everywhere with your mask on. If you're inside a sport at a sporting event, you need to have a mask on. Mm-hmm. If you are indoors at a sporting event, you need to have a mask on. If even if you're at a football game and you're sitting next to another group of people, you just need to have a mask on. Mm-hmm. They, I, I, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen across the board, 
But Karen Lennar told me that they have had conversations with member schools across the MHSAA about how to enforce this and who's, who's responsible because the referees, we talked about this, are not in, responsible for enforcing this. But the people who are running the events are. And they are supposedly going to be held responsible by the MHSAA if something goes wrong at the member school or whatever. The thing is, is they've, you know, you already see, you know, a sheriff's deputy or something at the basketball games every night. He might be escorting you out if you refuse to wear a mask. So it's not just an athletic director. It's not just a coach or a referee who's going to scream at you. The police might be involved in, at a school if you're not wearing a mask because that's how much we have to go to to make sure that we can play these sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just, there's just going to be certain things that you have to do, and it's going to be just not a question. Yeah, and that can't be a question. You want, you want sports? It's got to be done. Got to be done. We want sports, so we're going to do it. That segment, sponsored by Jimmy John's, with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's freak yeah. You know what time it is, fellas. It is time to induct one more member into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan, the Get Around Hall of Fame. We have three more very worthy candidates this week. I think I kind of tip, uh, tipped mine off earlier, but I'm going to go last just so we can hear your guys' performances first. So who wants to go first? Um, I'm going to throw out uh, Becky Lane from Traverse City West. She led them in that match uh, that went over Traverse City Central. Uh, West is off to a 7-2 and two start now with her as their, as their main weapon. She had 12 kills, a um, bunch, of, bunch of aces as well. She was kind of all over on the court and uh, really an emotional leader for that team as well. I mean, she And she's not the biggest girl for an outside hitter. She's like 5'7", you know, so it's not like she's – uh, you know, a six-footer like Macy Brown and Emma Turnquist and or Kaylin Poole, Lee Allen, those kind of big, yeah, you know, taller girls and stuff like that. But she she gets up there and she puts it down. All righty, Andrew Henry Reinick of uh, Charity Christian. Uh, he had all five of uh, TC Christian's goals last week, and they were both against pretty solid teams in Manistee and Traverse State Central. So. Yeah, they they beat Manistee four nothing, and then they uh, tied with Traverse City Central one to one. And I want to know this wasn't. I, I I wonder how many he had in the in the twelve oh win against Kingsley because uh, that's a beatdown in soccer. Yeah, I think he had another hat trick in that game. I, I know I know Henry has a lot of goals so far this season. He's way up there. Uh, but speaking of a lot of goals, my nomination is going to be Traverse City Central's Everest Noise after putting in five goals against Leland last week in a five to zero win. And then he put another goal in that game against Traverse City Christian. Uh, Reinick scored one. Noyes scored one. So their leading scorers both put one in the net there. But at least six goals for Everest last week. I know both those guys are on a tear, so that sounds like a pretty good matchup. Let's go ahead and get a bit of a vote, fellas. What are we feeling? Yeah, whenever you score uh, single-handedly it's the entire game, I, have, I think you have to give it to Noyes. <laughs> five, yeah, five yeah. goals. And against a quality program like Leland. I mean, that's just uh, that's pretty impressive. I'm just putting him in the Hall of Fame for my cheesy lead from last week. I don't know if you saw that, but it was awesome. Oh, yeah. I saw it. I did. Yes, it was cheesy. <laughs> it was cheesy. But It was James you know, Cook cheesy, but it was I, beautiful. You know, hey, I'm, I'm not adverse to using uh, bad puns. So sometime this year we need to use the headline of Bring the Noise, though. We will. We will. I said that he had an earth-shattering performance. It was fun. Anyways, congratulations to Everest Noise for being the latest inductee into the Gitteron Hall of Fame. You are now exclusive. That means we have one segment left. The trifecta, which is going to kind of start molding a little bit into a hybrid segment here at the end of the episode. We told you that we started our fantasy football leagues with our readers. We have two leagues that got filled up. Uh, We were just short of getting a third one up, but we wanted to make sure that we got the draft in for Labor Day. So we got two full leagues. Uh, I'll have to say that my teams are absolute trash. I mean, apparently... The NFL thought my one draft was an A+, plus, but I don't really know about that. Yeah, they thought more my one draft was an A-plus when I drafted two running backs in the first ten rounds. I usually do that. I mean, I usually do more than that. <laughs> yeah, A-plus with no running backs. That'd be weird. I was really mad last night I didn't get a, a Boston Scott. He was going to be my sleeper. But, anyways, we have we have a lot of... I got Boston Scott. I know. We have a lot of... We, I mean, we have a lot of... A lot of uh, people. I mean, Brett. We talked about it a little bit. Brett, our guest, is actually in our in our league with us. He said he thinks he's going to win. He talked a little bit of smack in there, but it was a lot of fun to do that with them. Let's just say we have those two teams. 
Which league do you think you're more likely to win in? Uh, I I think in the uh, the REFL one, I believe it is, or the REFL two. The second. That's one. the one they they gave me an A. They predicted me to go twelve and one, and I like how at the bottom of the draft grade thing it gives you a simulated season and it has your chances to make the playoffs and your chances to win the championship and what's it say for you 99 percent to make the playoffs and 48.2 percent to make the championship well mm. not to win the championship because then it's just and then 22.8 percent to win the championship that means in four out of ten worlds you're making the championship which is pretty good odds for a, half, yeah. for a fantasy addict but yeah i mean because there's so much luck and there's you know, so many injuries and everything in the NFL that if well, I got 50, I got forty six percent. I got forty six percent to get in the championship or to make get the in the championship. Okay, ninety one point nine to make the playoffs. Well, maybe we'll be playing each other. <laughs> if I have to choose between my two teams, I have to choose the uh, the one that I chose at five o'clock because I actually chose that team. That's one. Yeah. The, the, or the, two, I FF, think. Yeah, it's FFL two. two. Yeah, yeah. One's the twelve team. Atnips, I have Atnips Army and Atnips All Stars. So for simplicity, I called both of mine the James Gang. The James Gang. More kilometers. Yeah. What is that about? Less miles. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I have Tom Brady leading the helm. Let's let's enjoy it. I picked him. Uh, I picked him as the one the one flyer in that league because I have a different quarterback in almost every other league, and I was like, we're going with the old man Tom Brady. So we'll see. I got Gronk last night too. I I, I mean I'm I'm in like ten leagues, and in almost there was one or two where I drafted a quarterback early and got Lamar Jackson like in the second or third round if he was still there. Usually if I was picking on the turn, and then uh, pretty much all the rest of them I waited on quarterbacks and ended up with like Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan, which Matt, aren't bad. Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, like I waited like a long time. I've had that happen two years ago. That happened. That worked really well for me when I waited way too long on quarterbacks in one league, and ended up drafting this rookie because there was nobody else left named Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming Andrew picked that really early. In what league? I don't know any league. How many times did you pick Patrick Mahomes early this year? Uh, once. Just once. Just once. Okay, yeah, I, I was telling the guys before the draft, I got Lamar Jackson, because of our keeper rules, is Mr. Irrelevant in my draft in the 16th round last night, so it was just beautiful. His average draft position was 18 over, or, yeah, eighteen overall, and I got him at, um, like, 197. So talk about value. I had one of my leagues where the uh, the commissioner tried to sign Clyde Edwards-Hilaire before the draft and then use him as a keeper, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, don't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that. That's cheating. Anyways, we value time as well. This has been a pretty long episode. Let's go ahead and cut it off here. Thank you so much for listening to episode 140. Always remember to like, retweet, comment, give us, share this podcast, and we will get you fed with two free Jimmy John subs. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Adnip, at JamesCook14, at ByAndrewR, and at TCRE Sports to get all the content that you need. Make sure you check us out in print and online. We will see you next week for episode 141. Thanks so much for listening.